Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of The Marvel Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Evan Cormick. Today is going to be very much of a Star Wars heavy episode. She-Hulk finale was last week, so all we got right now is Star Wars content on top of Star Wars content. And I cannot wait to get into some of that with you. So, Andor Episode 7 happened this past week. It was a very good episode, started picking up the remnants of what Episode 6 left behind. So, with this episode, we basically get all of the aftermath. We get back to Clem kind of coming back to, I believe, Ferex it is, and he's retracing all of his steps. He goes to the woman that raised him. He goes back to Bix, who for the longest time I thought it was Vix. Anyways, he goes back to Bix, and they talk it out, and she basically tells him, hey, you can't be here. This is all your fault. The reason why Ferex is under M- Imperial control is because of you, because you decided to do all of this. And he's asking, you know, do, did you know the guy that you set me up with? Like, what did he ever tell you? How does he know everything about me? And she kind of explains to him, look, I don't know. Him. Like, I know him, but I don't know him. I have a calm. I call him. And I wait for a mission. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. He just happened to know everything that there was about you. So I believe that's going to be Andor's kind of next step here is to talk to the guy, Luthen, that hired him and figure out, you know, how do you know so much about me? So the episode really carries on and we get the Imperial officer that got fired from the security team, starting his new life, getting his new job. He loves it, but also kind of hates it. He wants to do more with the Empire. However, speaking of doing more with the Empire, we get to the kind of round table that they have with all of the commanders for that base kind of dressed in white. And there is a discussion between two of them. The names escape me at the moment, but There's a discussion between this blonde woman and this other guy. And this other guy has been undermining her the entire series, basically taking her projects. And she is so convinced that she knows what's up. Like, she knows why these rebel attacks are happening. They're being planned. She can map out their coordinates. She knows exactly what is going on. And he's kind of fighting back, saying, well, this is my sector. Tell her to get her unsanctioned reports out of here. And kind of like the head honcho, the the older gentleman is like, well, let's debate it out, talk, speak your mind. And so the guy kind of basically says, you know, she's doing all of these unlawful reports. She accessed imperial records that should not be able to be accessed, especially by her. And she said, yes, I did that. But it was to prove that these rebels are attacking specific places in the outer rim based on our security schedules. And the older gentleman is kind of like, oh, very interesting. He basically dismisses it. The guy loses control of Ferex and it is now in sole control of the blonde lady. And basically, he tells her after the meeting that he really enjoys what she brought to the table, but to basically watch her back because people are going to be coming for her position, trying to undermine her and what have you. Then we kind of get cleaned up along Andor's journey. We see him kind of come into his own, try and convince the woman that raised him to be able to, you know, leave. He tries to get them to leave, and she says, no, I'm staying here. And we get some flashbacks, which are really cool, to right when the Empire took over. So we get to see those uh, 
I guess, the final phase clone troopers, where they basically go through Ferrix, they're walking through the town, people are throwing rocks at them, saying, like, you know, get the Empire out of here. And then all of a sudden, the commander asks them to halt, turn, aim, and it looks like they're going to fire, but we never really see anything, so that potentially could be that. Um, and then Clem and the woman that raised him are talking, and she says she walks through that town square and takes the long path every single day for the past 13 years so that she doesn't have to imagine their friend hanging there after he was hanged. And that really, it's the reason, I think people still love this show, I don't think anyone hates it, but what I find really moving and almost like emotional about this show is it gives you such an in-depth and clear look at what life was like during the time and the rise of the Empire right after Revenge of the Sith. So like right after Order 66, it's kind of taking you along those steps of like, this is how terrible the Empire was. But it's also one of those things where it's nice because we just assumed, you know, hey, Darth Vader happened, the Empire's just going to rule the galaxy, it's going to be easy. Well, this is showing us that every system they invaded, it was somewhat easy. But they had to really force and impose their will on absolutely everyone in the star systems and in the, on the planets that they decided to control. And it is just wild to me how good they're able to get us with all this emotion. Like, it's, it's stories that, like, feel so real. You know, like, she's purposely going the long way to get to work just so she doesn't have to remember her friend getting hanged. That is so deep and, like, it, it sounds cheesy almost to say, but that's, like, it's so deep and, like, emotional to where you're, like, sitting there and I was, I was like, wow, that's wild. And then it even shows, like, people outside of the Empire, like the gentleman that got fired, and how his life is affected and how just depressed he is and how angry he is that he can no longer work for the Empire because he knows working for the Empire is where everyone should be, or at least where everyone that matters wants to be. And I feel like giving us the next perspective of how brutal it is to try and be a commanding officer in the Empire, like in rising through the ranks, working on your different star system, everyone has their sector, and there's this, you know, the oldest people are most likely on the top. Granted, it would have been very neat, I feel like, if we saw like a cameo from like Grand Moff Tarkin, to where, like, he's leading all of these commanders, but I feel like he's also so high up that there is just no way that we're going to probably see him in this series. Now, an interesting thing that I liked was after the bombing, on, or the attack on the garrison, it was said that Emperor Palpatine is going to hold an immediate Senate meeting. So that's interesting to me for a couple reasons. First of all, it shows that this, the Senate is still going on. It is, I believe, Andor, now that the more that I see it, it is direct continuation from Revenge of the Sith. And the reason I like that so much is it shows us, like, everything just didn't drop off after Revenge of the Sith. There was a gradual, like, it took years to get everything to where it was. So I honestly thought with the cameo that we saw from Palpatine and Kenobi that perhaps Ian McDiarmid maybe is going to do a cameo in this one. Nothing big, but, like, even if we see a couple scenes or maybe, like, one specific episode where it's, like, Senate stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's still controlling the Senate, but you, you see him there. You know, disformed, aged, still trying to control the Senate, still being that, you know, quote-unquote Supreme Chancellor, but now he's fully revealed himself as the Emperor. And it was just wild to me to kind of see the fact that 
people know. Like, he's known, but he's not ever there. It's just that he has his Senate meetings, and then he kind of goes back to wherever he is going. It's almost like the same thing as Darth Vader at this time, to where the rumors were, we're not going to probably see him in this series. I doubt we see him. We might get his name mentioned, because at this point, he's mostly just a legend amongst the people. They know of Darth Vader. They might know, quote-unquote, who he is. They probably know the story of how Anakin fell. But they don't know of Darth Vader. They've never seen Darth Vader kind of in action or live in flesh, if you will. So I thought that was really amazing. And then we get some more uh, peeks back from the senator, her kind of dodging around. Her, and she needs to access her family funds. I believe she's trying to still will or fund some of the rebellion. And I, I believe maybe that's where Luthen gets some of his funding, is that she's kind of helped him out a lot. But overall, the most interesting part was probably towards the end of the episode where Andor kind of gets all his answers. No one's coming with him. So he moves. He just goes to some beach planet. I believe it is the one from Rogue One. Uh, the name escapes me. I'm not sure exactly what it is. But he goes to the beach planet from Rogue One, I believe. And it was really neat because you got to see a different style of life to where everyone was living happily, but the Empire was still there. However, you got to see your first look at shore troopers, which was so cool. I just, I always love the different types of stormtroopers that they have to offer. So, like, for instance, in The Mandalorian, when they had the dark troopers and when they, like, clone commandos in the old episodes like all the different variants of like stormtroopers and clone troopers i feel are so cool and i always just love the, the shore troopers because i feel like they're just so fun like i feel like it's just like oh they're like beach troopers and then in the lego star wars mo uh video games there was always just like that beach trooper just chilling in a hot tub in one of the levels it was just it was awesome so a uh, fun fact one of the shore troopers the main one that was actually talking to andor was actually voiced by uh sam whitwer which is really awesome to hear, because maybe that means he's getting back in the Star Wars community. Maybe we can see some Darth Maul action, potentially. I would love to see Darth Maul appear in some capacity of show, preferably before Rebels. We know what happens there. If you don't, go watch Rebels. Just got done with season one. It is absolutely amazing. Anyways, then when Andor is about to kind of go to jail, the short trooper calls. He says, hey, you, come watch this. And we get to see our first action of the KX units, which I'm not sure his exact name from Rogue One, but that's where his their, their main guy uh, is a KX unit who's kind of gone rogue. And he kind of helps them out. Basically, they're just really strong droids for no reason. Like they have no mercy and what have you. And they're I, I'm sure they're meant to keep the peace and to kind of help out the stormtroopers whenever they can. But that's pretty much all it is for Andor. I feel like, like I, I've said this before in the past couple episodes, where Andor is going to be one of those shows where it's just going to keep building. And then the last, like, three episodes, maybe four, maybe the, just the rest of the episodes are all going to be very action-packed. But because he did get sentenced to six years of jail at the end of the show. But... I'm thinking it's going to keep building and there's going to be a lot of suspense and a lot of action in the last couple episodes to kind of give it a satisfying wrap up. Maybe I'm, I'm not expecting cameos because I believe the whole premise of the show was that this is Andor's story. It's not going to be, you know, plagued with cameos. Like I said, the only one that I would prefer to really see would be from Emperor Palpatine himself. So next we're going to get into talking about Tales of the Jedi, which gets released next week. So, Tales of the Jedi, getting released next week. 
So they released all of the episodes, like the schedules, and they're all 17 minutes or shorter, not including credits. So that was kind of mind-blowing to me that they are making this so short. And I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust the process, but I don't have high hopes. It, it It kind of killed my mood for the whole series almost, if you will. It, it was because most of the episodes, some of the episodes I saw in there were like 12 minutes long. That's, I don't think that's nearly enough for some type of pre-Clone Wars style animation. Like we're getting, it's, this, it's everything that happened with the Clone Wars. It, it's, it's so, Tales of the Jedi, when I saw that trailer, my jaw literally dropped. I was like, okay, we're getting six episodes. So they're probably going to be like, full Clone Wars episodes, probably be like 30 minutes a piece, maybe longer. No, they are much, much shorter. I don't like where they're going with this at all. It is going to feel so rushed, I feel like. Hopefully, I am pleasantly surprised. But when I saw that you could literally binge watch them in an hour and a half and just be done, they're releasing all the episodes at once, by the way, which is why I said that. The fact that you can watch all of them and be done in an hour and a half is so aggravating to me. Because this series had so much promise. They, they already said the first three episodes, or at least three of the episodes, were going to be determining Ahsoka, you know, being born, the Jedi finding out that she exists, her becoming into the Academy, and we could see young Anakin, a, a, a form of Anakin that we have never seen before. He has already been trained as a successful Padawan, and he is now granted a Padawan of his own in Ahsoka to help train, but he still has his, like, short hair, and, like, this is, like, very soon after episode, or it's, like, before, well, I think the, the show as a whole is set before episode one. Well, actually, that's that's what I want to know, because they sh- in the trailer, they showed, they showed Yaddle, they showed Count Dooku, but they also showed Anakin in, like, a post-episode two Obi-Wan and, like, a younger Anakin training Ahsoka. So I'm wondering if the first three episodes are going to be the rise, like, the fall of Count Dooku. And maybe the last three episodes are going to be them finding Ahsoka and them kind of working their way towards training and then getting to the actual Clone Wars TV show. I'm wondering if that's what's going to happen because it makes not a lot of sense timeline-wise to, you know, the first part be pre-episode one, and then, you know, the rest be, yeah, so maybe there, maybe that's going to happen, maybe there's going to be some kind of a time jump, or maybe it'll be kind of, like, broken off into sections, that's very interesting to see, I think that's, I think that's actually probably what they'll do, but anyways, I I digress, there are going to be six episodes that kind of showcase, so basically with those six episodes, I'm so excited when the trailer dropped, because we're finally getting Jedi Count Dooku, or should I say, like, Jedi Master Tyrannus content. It is so amazing, which is why I'm so sad that the episodes are so short, because we get to see Dooku. We get to see a young Qui-Gon Jinn. This is, like, there's there's so much content that we have never gotten before that we have been absolutely craving just pre, like, Clone Wars content, pre-episode one even. Seeing, like, because we, we know the story of Count Dooku or Lord Tyrannus, and we just, I want to see how it happens. Because we see in the Clone Wars a little bit about how, you know, sifo is the one that created the clone army, but it was actually Dooku's doing. Dooku manipulated him. So I want to see kind of where his mindset was 
as a Jedi and what ultimately caused him to leave the Order. And it's going to be really cool to see him in action as a Jedi because we've never really had... Well, we have, you know, Master Yoda, Mace Windu, but we've never had someone to the level of Tyrannus of an expert swordsman in the Jedi Order. So we'll get to see him take on enemies, and we'll actually get to see probably from the trailer what I gathered was when Count Dooku's kind of losing it. I feel like that's also where the divide happens to where people start to fear the Jedi because he's such an he's such a skilled swordsman. So if you're an enemy coming to battle and you if you're facing a Jedi and you're maybe not a lo- not very afraid of him, but then you see Lord Tyrannus whip out his like til- his like curved lightsaber hilt and he starts just pulling all these amazing sword tricks, shooting lightning from his fingers. It's it's wild it would make you fear the jedi so i'm very excited to see kind of where all of that leads to just because i just oh i ate up that trailer i literally watched it like three times it's so good i'm gonna try and hold out some hope and think that those shortened episodes that they will just get right into it or that maybe it'll have a premises of like yoda is telling someone and then they flash back to all of these things maybe that's why it's not super long is that they're going to do the premises of like a flashback so then you know we're just kind of recalling what is happening but it's going to give us some very interesting star wars content i'm not sure if i'm going to binge watch all of them at once if i'm really free or i have like nothing going on i probably will an hour and a half is not that long especially if the episodes like if i watch if i look at the titles and the descriptions and it looks so good i might get super involved and binge watch all of them but i will certainly keep you guys up to date i i don't discourage any of you from going to check it out if you're a Star Wars fan. An hour and a half of your time, that's absolutely nothing. Last episode of Andor was 53 minutes. So I, I, th- I think we can handle it. But don't you dare think that I was going to continue this podcast without at least getting into a little bit of Marvel news. We have some rumor confirmations and some film dates getting pushed back. The film dates getting pushed back is a little bit of old news, but I'm finally getting around to talking about it. And then we also get some confirmed news. Harrison Ford is going to be coming into the MCU as General Ross. That is absolutely insane. Like, Harrison Ford hated Star Wars. So I'm really curious to see what he has to say about being General Ross in the MCU. Although I will say, I feel like it is yet again one of those things where Marvel is flexing its casting muscle to be able to show you, hey, look who we brought in. And guess what? It's going to be the perfect role. It literally is because Harrison Ford is kind of like that. He, he His age fits. He has like that white hair. He's very authoritative. I'm curious to see what they're going to do for when he turns into the Red Hulk. So if you guys don't know, in the comics, General Ross, you know, kind of progressively gets darker and kind of just stops being head of like the, um, like their main, I don't know, CIA version of the MCU. I'm not sure what exactly it's called, like Homeland Security, maybe. And he kind of starts leading more private military investigations and he kind of goes against, he's very against superheroes. And long story short, he joins the Thunderbolts, which they are slowly developing. And that's where Harrison Ford is going to make his appearance. He's going to appear in Captain America New World Order, which is Captain America 4. I'm not sure exactly when that comes out. And then the Thunderbolts. Uh, he's not the main leader. It is that one girl from uh, Captain America, the TV show, Captain uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I forgot. I forget his name. I need to start refreshing myself on these names. And 
he's not the leader she is, but he is like their Hulk equivalent. So I'm wondering, people are starting to think that maybe he's a, replacing the Abomination. Um, I feel like it would be very cool if Abomination and Red Hulk were in the Thunderbolts together to whereas Red Hulk is kind of like a last resort and General Ross is kind of just like a mastermind behind everything. But basically Red Hulk is Hulk, but he can do like stuff with fire, I believe. Like he gets really, really angry. I'm not sure the exact history behind Red Hulk. I just know he's very amazing and someone that I 100% want to see. And it just blows my mind that Harrison Ford is in the MCU. Um, I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, The guy that they had before for General Ross, um, rest in peace, he's no longer with us. But I do think they got the right guy to replace him. I feel like it was one of those things where even like that's what that's the one thing I love about Marvel is that when they initially cast someone, not only is it a perfect replacement, but unfortunately, in the events that someone passes or they just are unable to keep doing with going on with the role, Marvel finds the best ways to replace them. So, I'm, like I said, I'm very excited for Black Panther 2. I want to see how they replace Chadwick Boseman, but they did a great job in replacing General Ross with Harrison Ford. Uh, I think it's going to be a great casting overall, and I'm just very excited to see how he is kind of introduced. I wonder if he'll be, like, hinted at in any of the shows or movies leading up to Captain America 4 or the Thunderbolts, or if they're kind of going to just wait and have Captain America New World Order happen before Thunderbolts to kind of set up everything because I actually think that's how it is going to go because I did see uh, a rumor or like at least a like a picture where Winter Soldier might be in the Thunderbolts which kind of upsets me because we just had that amazing arc in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where he's kind of like past his demons but we'll have to see what happens. Lastly, we have some Marvel movies getting changed. They're pushing back a lot of their deadlines. So first up, we have Deadpool 3 getting pushed back to November 8th of 2024 instead of September 6th. Very, very sad news. But we, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they're pushing it back because it gives everyone time to prepare and it makes everything feel less rushed. Here's what I mean by that, because we also have Fantastic Four getting pushed back to February 14th of 2025 and instead of its slated 2024 release date we have secret wars getting pushed back to may 1st of 2026 and then we also have an untitled avengers movie i believe it's an avengers movie or just an untitled movie in general getting pushed back to november 7th of 2025 and i believe also the last one was blade is now getting pushed back to september 6th 2024 don't quote me on that i just believe that i saw that Like I was starting to say earlier, I like that they're doing this. It really sucks that Deadpool 3 is no longer on my birthday (laughs) because that would have been a really awesome birthday gift to myself. But I like it because I feel like it was Marvel telling the fans to calm down. We have all of these. Because every single title that I read off to you, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, Secret Wars, the Untitled movie, if it's an Avengers movie, it matters. If it's Blade, not so much. But they're kind of like, we have these amazing projects. Right. We have like Deadpool three. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm the most excited for that. I mean, besides Secret Wars, but Deadpool three with Hugh Jackman. I mean, come on. That is absolutely amazing. Hugh Jackman coming back to reprise his role. Ryan Reynolds getting introduced to the MCU. I need to see Deadpool before that movie. They need to introduce him some way, somehow. I'm just saying. But with those movies, I feel like the, the Kevin Feige is kind of calming down the fans and being like, hey, hey, 
don't worry, we are going to push back these films, we're going to take our time, and we're going to make this an absolutely impeccable script. I know they can't mess up Deadpool 3 because I know Ryan Reynolds has the right to kind of direct the movie into where he thinks it should go. Fantastic Four, I'm really excited because there's rumors that Adam Driver is auditioning to be a member of the Fantastic Four. They didn't specify which one. That would be awesome. We're getting Star Wars and Marvel just combining all over the place. Marvel Galaxy, am I right? And it's just really awesome to see because I love Adam Driver as an actor, and I feel like in Star Wars it didn't get a fair shake because we, we don't talk about the sequels. Anyways, we see the Fantastic Four. Maybe John Krasinski will come back. He did tweet at Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool 3 and says, hey, isn't this our movie kind of deal? And everyone was like, wait a minute, is, is he going to be in Is he gonna be in Deadpool 3? I wonder if they're going to keep John Krasinski around as kind of like a variant of Mr. Fantastic. And then we have Secret Wars, which is, let me, let me pause here for a second and just mention, I'm not sure if the viewers at home know this. Secret Wars has the potential to make Endgame look almost pathetic. If Marvel can gain their like get their full traction, start asserting that Marvel dominance that we that we so know and love that they showed through the first three phases of the MCU and can establish and write the story well of these variants of different universes, Secret Wars could just be we could be salivating. We would be eating so well. Let me tell you, because there is an infinite world of possibilities of people they could bring back, things they could do, variants they could have. There's, there's so many different options. You have Superior Iron Man. There's rumor that they might bring back Robert Downey Jr. I don't know how I would feel about him if he came back as Superior Iron Man. I, I would get that. That would be interesting. It would be a cute cameo, but I would not want him back in any permanent capacity just because that would completely ruin Endgame 100%. Captain America said he wouldn't mind coming back, Chris Evans, excuse me, but he wouldn't come back as uh, Captain America. We already have one of those. He would come back as Johnny Storm, or there's a potential that he could come back as Captain Hydra, which is basically where, you know, I feel it's pretty self-explanatory. We also have all the Doctor Strange variants. I mean, they could literally take every character we have in the MCU right now, make like three different variants, and have them all just go at it. There are some like bigger, significant storylines in Secret Wars. I believe Wolverine against Captain America, like the like hundred like Endgame Captain America is one of the big ones. Um, I believe there's some things going on with Hulk in Secret Wars, which are the main storylines. I feel like the main storylines focus around Wolverine, Captain America, and then Iron Man slash like War Machine kind of. That's kind of where Armor Wars comes in, and maybe we'll explore it that way. Um, I definitely want to do some more reading into Secret Wars. Oh, I also think that's where Spider-Man is, like, fully in his black... Like, he uses his black suit a lot, which Sony has already started throwing out rumors that July 10th, 2024 is when we could see the next Spider-Man movie. I I guess? Give Tom Holland a break, man. I mean, he did so much in Phase 3 and then we had No Way Home. Let him wait till, like, 2025. Maybe that's the untitled November 7th movie. But... I feel like in Secret Wars, they could bring back Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Why not? Give them another go. We could get introduced. It is in 2026, which is another thing I want to key in on. Like, we could get introduced to Venom at some point. It's it's so far away. And I, and I really, really like this because it shows that Marvel is going to take their time. Time, excuse me. 
to build everything. They're going to introduce more people. They're going to they're going to really build it to where Secret Wars is just going to be it might be Endgame. I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if anything at the time of Endgame. I don't know if anything will ever come close because at this point we're they're saying, oh, well, it is Secret Wars. So if you know the comics, you know kind of what to expect because in Phase 4, it seems like Marvel is literally just taking these comic books, ripping them out of the book, slapping them onto a storyboard, and giving us some great Marvel content. So, but I like the idea that they're pushing everything back. It's kind of, it's a reassurance factor to the fans, I feel like, that, you know, we know what we're doing, we're going to build this universe, and we just want you to calm down and kind of, just trust in us. Trust in Kevin Feige. Trust in the process. And it's going to be a little weird not having some Marvel content for a while because I feel like the hype around movies getting into Black Panther 2, which comes out in less than a month, getting into movies, basically with that, you have you have the initial launch. And then the movie kind of sticks around for about a week or two afterwards. And then the hype dies down. So we're looking at, like, Thanksgiving to where Black Panther 2 might not be talked about more or it'll still be talked about like if someone brings it up they'll be like oh yeah i love that movie it was great it was fantastic awesome beautiful cool i i don't feel like they're gonna fumble that movie at all just because it's two hours and 41 minutes which is a fantastic runtime and they're honoring chadwick chadwick boseman that the black panther one was already just such a beautiful amazing story so there's there's really no messing that up so i feel like it will end the year for marvel on a beautiful note something to give fans hope for for phase five starting next year we have the guardians of the galaxy holiday special so you know maybe it won't end it on the best note but apparently guardians of the galaxy holiday special i think is supposed to set up for volume three yeah volume three which i'm very excited to see so that's kind of where we're at there i think it's going to be amazing to where they give the fans a break let us focus on Star Wars for a little bit, and then next year, like January, February, just start feeding us more of the of the stuff that you get, that they have prepared. Get five, Phase Five rolling. I think Ant Man. I think Ant Man is the first project that comes out next year, which would be very exciting indeed. But nonetheless, that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow my Instagram, the dot Marvel Galaxy, for all the updates that you would ever need for anything Marvel and Star Wars related to this specific podcast. And please, DM me on that Instagram account. I want to know what you guys think of this series. Don't f- Feel free to reach out to me, even if you know me personally, like if you're my friend, coworker, whatever. Let me know what you think about this. I need all the constructive feedback I can to make sure I'm doing everything well. All right, that's it for today. I hope you guys have a beautiful day.